0: hey guys welcome again to the salt company my name is roger really excited to be with you guys tonight and to have an opportunity to keep going through conversations with jesus literally i thought about as they were playing that song like you keep on getting better you keep on getting better and i hope that's what you guys have felt so far as like we're going through all these conversations that that jesus has had with all different kinds of people in the bible that you just keep learning like jesse said not that jesus is changing but that we just keep understanding and seeing more and more and more of him. And so I'm really excited about today because last week um, on John 11, we talked about Jesus and Lazarus. And in that story, we saw pain, right? We saw suffering. And we saw a Jesus, not that stands distant or removed from people's suffering, but we saw a Jesus that took part of suffering with his closest friends, right? Right? We have the really famous, like I think I think it's the shortest verse in the Bible, don't quote me, but right that Jesus wept. And it's like that little line just reminded us that Jesus was a real person with real emotions that really cared about those closest to him. And we'll keep seeing that today. And so guys, today we're gonna be in John 14. And so just to kind of give you a recap of what's happening, what happened between what happened with the Lazarus and Jesus and where we're at today. And so really in John 13, we have the famous Last Supper, right? So whatever background you've had in church, that's the one most people are like, yeah, I know that. Like you, you can probably picture that picture of that painting or picture, right? Like you see it. Like growing up, like I'm from Honduras, like that wasn't over everybody's kitchen, you know, or everybody's dining table. It was like mandatory. Like I never saw a house that didn't have it, right? And like that was just ingrained in my mind. so in that Last Supper, Jesus is having the Last Supper with his closest friends, Um, but in that, he's telling them, guys, the time has come, and all along, he's been telling them, guys, like, I'm not here forever, I'm here with you for a short time, but I am gonna leave, and I have to leave. I have to be given over, I'm gonna be arrested, I'm gonna be tried, and I'm gonna be crucified, and he's telling them all this throughout, and they're kind of like, they're either like, yeah, yeah, like, sure, Jesus, or like, no, you can't do that, he's like, you guys just don't get it, right? But now it's finally here. Like, that moment has finally come. Jesus is having his dinner, and he tells Judas, he says, hey, go do what you must do. And Judas leaves, and that's where we pick up today, the last night Jesus has with his closest friends. So what is he going to tell them? Like, if this is his last moments physically with them, like, what does Jesus want to give them? What promise... Does he want them to hold on to? What does he feel they need to know now more than ever? And that's where we'll start today. So if you have your Bibles or you can pull it up in your app, we're actually going to start in John 13 verses at verse 33, and then we'll read through verse 5. And so the way we're going to do it, guys, we're actually going to, I'm going to read a piece, we're going to talk about it, I'm going to read the next part, we're going to talk about it, read the next part, talk about it. So that's kind of how the flow of it's going to go. And we're really going to look at three different things tonight. So the first thing we'll look at is, Jesus talks about this promise of home. The second thing is, he talks about a reality of home. And the last thing Jesus talks about is the way home. And so, if you got your Bibles ready, we'll get going. In John 13, verse 33, says this. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. Okay, so just pause. I don't, I, want you, I don't want you to miss the tone. So when Jesus is saying little children, he's not like patronizing them like, oh, you guys are just kids. You don't understand, right? There's an affection there, right? Like, hey, I, I care for you. I love you like a kid. And I really want you to hear what I'm gonna say to you. All right, so he's saying, little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so now I tell you where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new command. Love one another Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Lord, Simon Peter said to him, where are you going? Jesus Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Lord, Peter asked, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus replied, will you lay down your life for me? Truly I tell you, a rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. Chapter 14, verse one. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I'm going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And so just, man, just in the beginning of that, like, I hope you guys are like, you can kind of hear the, the, the mood, the tone that's kind of happening in this conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. Like, do you guys, do you hear the, the fear, the anxiety, like, the confusion in Peter, right? He's saying, wait, wh- where are you going? Right, he's saying, no, no please, like, no, I, I want to go now. Like, don't-, don't leave me, right? And it's like, we-, we know that goodbyes suck. Like, am I right? Like, no one likes goodbyes. Like, they're the worst. And it's happening now, finally, for his disciples. Like, the time for goodbye has come. And they're wrestling with that. But what Jesus is telling them, he's not leaving them right, just to abandon them and say, all right, guys, like, you had me, I'm kind of done with you, like, this honestly has been really hard, but I, like, stuck it out, like, it's not what Jesus is doing, he's leaving for them, right, which is confusing to hear, like, why would he leave them for them, but you see that, right, in verse 2 and 3, Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you, if I go away and prepare a place for you, so Jesus telling them, guys, I'm leaving, but the reason I'm leaving is for you, Like, I'm doing this for you. And he says, I'm going to go and prepare a place, like a home, right? I'm going to prepare something for you guys. And the idea of home, it's something that all of us, honestly, like, we understand and believe, this idea of home. And I'm not talking specifically, like, home as in, like, your specific house where you live, right? It can be that. But I'm talking about home as, as the concept, this idea, right? Like, we all know the saying, home is where the heart is, right? And it's this concept, this idea that Home is this place where you just feel like you belong, like it's home, right? You feel safe, you feel loved, you feel like you have all that you need, right? And we've all experienced that even in, in like a superficial small way, like we have those things that we do, whether it's a hobby or, or something we go and experience and we're like, oh, man, like that was sweet, like I needed that and you just felt restful, you felt joy in your heart. See, for me, I really love coffee and I really love soccer. It's like two things I super love doing, right? It's like, honestly, I've been, we've been playing soccer de the 5.30, shameless plug if you want to come, and me and Ben and Theo have been trying to play for like a month together, and it just like never somehow seems to happen, but it's happening soon. So when I get a chance to play soccer, it's this like small little sample of home for me where I'm like, yeah, like this is good. Coffee is another one. Like I love coffee, and I'm not talking about like Starbucks, so I'm gonna be real with you, if you're like thinking Starbucks, I'm gonna be honest, you don't have to listen to the rest of the sermon, Starbucks is not home. Like there's, there's something so much better for you, I promise you, all right? But I'm talking about you, got, you boil your water, you got your grinder, right? You have your fresh coffee beans, Jacob is not, he's like, yeah, he knows, <laughs> right? And you just like, you, you make that nice pour over, you got some music, you're, you got a nice scenery outside, and it's like, oh man, like that's home right we all have that we have those little things you're like man like this is my little my little piece of heaven right for my wife she loves working out erica loves working out see for me working out is like yeah like i don't want to die when i'm 30 like i want to be healthy so i'm like i'm gonna do it and funny story so probably like a couple weeks ago we're like all right she's like what if we started working out as soon as we wake up like six in the morning right and I was like, first off, we don't originally wake up at 6 in the morning, so we're already changing that, all right? I'm not going to slip that one by me. And she's like, and we're just going to do it. Like, let's just try it. And I'm one of those guys, like, I'm a, honestly, like, I'll try anything at least once, or like, I'll give it a shot. And so we started doing it, and I lasted, I don't know, maybe four days, or honestly, it was like the fourth, fifth, it might have been the second morning, I don't know, I might be exaggerating. But honestly, I woke up, and I was like, I hate everything about this right now. <laughs> Like, I hate everything that's happening right now. I was like, I'm done. This is my last time I'm ever doing this. Like, that was not home for me. But, guys, an even deeper level, like, we all have like, a much deeper craving for those, th- those small samples of home. We have a much deeper craving for home, right? There's a reason one of the most asked questions in life are, like, who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? what what what's all that alluding to home right where where do i belong where where am i supposed to be like what what is home for me and so guys the the reason we experience that is because we're created for home right and so what what's home for you right like what right now is something you're saying man if if I just have this, like, man, I, I know I've made it. Like, I want that, like, I feel like I'll just be satisfied. I'll be content. Like, I just, I need this. Or even, like, what's something that, if you fear that if you were to lose this, you don't know what you would do. You don't know how you can make without it, right? Like, what, what is home for you? See, for the disciples, their idea of home was really different than what Jesus was about to prepare for them. Like, there's a reason they're really confused, right? So, guys, if if you've ever read the Bible, even if you've just read, like, a chapter in the Gospels, there's two things you're probably gonna see. So one of them is, like, Jesus is really awesome. Like, he's a really great guy. Like, he just does cool things all the time. Like, he's kind, he's loving, he's sacrificial. Like, he's got it all. And, like, that just jumps. You read one chapter, you see it. A second thing you'll see is, the disciples are clueless, right? It doesn't take a lot to read. They just, they, they just most of the times, they don't know what's going on. Like, they're just missing it, right? And it's easy for us, too, because you're like, oh, dude, like, it's obvious, you know, but we're like reading 2,000 years later. Like, that would 100% be us, right? But they miss it. So for them, home was really different, right? That's why we're confused. Like, guys, if you look at verse 4 and 5, right, he says, Jesus told them, you know the way I'm going. You know, to, you know the way to where I am going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? See, I love Thomas. Because Thomas is saying what all of them were thinking, right? You can just picture that scene like, they're all, like Jesus is like, all right, guys, like, you know where I'm going. You know how to get there. And you can just picture him like, where is he going? Like, what's he talking about? Thomas is like, I right, I'm going to say it. No one else is going to say it. Like, we don't know where you're going. We obviously don't know how to get there if we don't know where you're going, right? So he's asking this question because they're confused. Their idea of, of home, they're saying, wait, this is, this is not what we wanted, right? You, you're the Messiah. You were supposed to come here and kind of get rid of this Romans that are making life miserable for us. Like, you were supposed to come strong, powerful. We're supposed to have this army, and this is all we got. It's 12 of us, right? No one else is following us. The Romans are still in control. And now you're leaving? Like, wait, that's not home. That's not what we wanted. So what is that Jesus is promising? What what does he say about his promise of home? Guys, and these are the things he says, right? He says, in my father's house, there's many rooms. And what he's saying, guys, there's going to be room for all. This is for every single person. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter what happened in your past. He said, there's gonna be room for all in this home. He also says, in order to prepare this home, he says, I've gotta go and prepare it for you. Right now, it's not ready. I have to go and prepare it for you. Then he says, I have to take you there myself. There's no other way for you to get there. Like, I have to go and take you there myself. And the last thing he says about this home, he says, and I'm we're gonna be together. Where I am, he says, You're gonna be there also. Right? You're gonna be there also. Second thing we'll look at, guys, is the reality of home. What is does what your home promises you? What does Jesus' home promise us? You know. So when you think about your home. And I know that that might sound weird, like you don't wake up in the morning, you're like, man, like, you have this picture of your dream and it's titled, like, home. Like, I get it. But I hope you're tracking along the idea of, like, what are those things that your heart and your soul just, they long for, right? Because we're all created for that. God created us as beings who worship. And that's just set in stone. Like, God made us that way. And he made us as worshipers so that we would worship him. But without him, we're, we're looking for something. That, that need has to be filled. We, we have to have a home where we find a place, a person to worship. Um, David Foster Wallace, is a, he was a writer, and he's just like a really interesting guy. Like he was not a Christian, but had honestly a really clear view as to just the reality of humanity and our state, and um, I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm just going to read what he actually said. Um, and what he said was, he said, there's no, such, "There's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. See, the insidious thing about these forms of worship it's not that they're evil or sinful, it's that they're unconscious. They are default settings. All right. So here's a non-Christian saying, hey, we all worship. The only choice you get to decide is what you choose to worship. Right? I, li- I like the wording that he says, it's our default setting. Right? We were created in this way. So honestly, I like to think about it almost like a GPS. Like we were created with this GPS inside of us. And it's going somewhere. It's tracking directions. The only get, thing we get to decide is what's, what's the end destination, right? We get to input what that is, where our life is gonna go, what turns are we gonna make, which ways are, we're gonna head. And so, man, what, what is that for you? Like, What do you have right now in your GPS as the final destination that you're aiming for as a college student? Like, what do you see at the end? Is it love, like a relationship, finding that partner? Man, someone who just loves you and cares for you, right? Is it success? Like you might have, man, just awesome dreams and goals that you just want to achieve and you just, you want to make life better for people, right? Is it power, is it glory? Like, man, making so much of a difference in this world or for yourself, whatever the case is, that you're remembered, right? Guys, or even if, even if you're a Christian, like, this is for you too. Like, Jesus is telling this to his own disciples, right? Like, what is it for you? Like, is Jesus actually that end destination, or is he just kind of on the way to what you actually want to achieve in your life? See, none of those things are bad. Like, I don't want you guys to walk away and be like, man, Roger told us, like, I need to be poor. I need to be extremely unsuccessful. Like, please do not hear that. Like, that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, are those things good enough and big enough to be home for you like that's what i'm asking like can those places actually give you home like the rest that you're looking for Um, i thought about um you ever wanted something really really bad and you like daydreamed about it all the time you would like check it out you're like oh my gosh like this is so cool i just had this like my life would be so much better the first thing that came in my mind as i'm thinking about this example for me was the new iphone right so not the one that just came out, but the one before that. I had a really old jank iPhone. And so when a new one came out, I was like, oh my gosh, it has two cameras, two flashes. I'm like, I don't even know what the flashes do, but it's got two of them, right? And it's like, it's got a third camera too, but you gotta pay like an extra thousand, you know? So it's like, oh my gosh, like I can do like all these slow-mo videos. like I can, Of what? I don't know, but I can do that. I'm like, I'm just literally picturing how this iPhone is gonna like radically change my life, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been counting down the days until I get this iPhone, right? And I get it. And the first week, I'm like snapping away. I have no social media, nowhere to post it, but I'm just snapping, right? Showing my friends. I'm like, dude, check out this picture. And I'm like super excited about it, right? second week comes, and it's like, yeah, it's awesome, dude. Like, people are like, new iPhone. I'm like, yeah. You know, it's like, let's take a picture. It's, you know, I'm like talking about all the dimensions. Like, it's got a 4.2 camera. Like, don't even know what that means, but it's got to be good. And it honestly... A month after I had the iPhone, what do you think happened? You probably know. It just became a phone, right? Like, I literally don't even take pictures anymore. Like, if I were to look at my phone, I probably just have screenshots of different things I'm just doing. Like, it just became a a phone. And it's not because the iPhone is evil. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But why? Why did it just grow so old? It's too small of a home, Right, like there was only so much joy, rest, pleasure that this iPhone can give me, until my heart said, nah, this isn't enough. Like I I can't stay here, this isn't home. So my question to you guys is, in some way, shape or form, all of you have had experience or have these things. You know, relationships, money, success, like in some way, shape or form, like you've experienced those things, even in a very small way. So my question is, will more of what, of what now is not making you satisfied, satisfied make you satisfied? So I'm going to ask that again. Will more of what is now not making you satisfied make you satisfied? Right? To quote 21st century philosopher Aubrey Drake Graham, otherwise known as Drizzy Drake, Right? Here's what, he's, here's what he says about this. I'm going to try to do this without rapping, too. You ever, like, you, you can't just talk a song, right? It's like the tune's in your head, so I'm, I'm going to try to do it my best I can. Right, so he says, I got a... I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Should have said that. All right. I got a fear of having things on my mind when I die. What you got? Time on your hands or time on your side? Is there more to life than going on trips to Dubai Yachts on the 4th of July, G5 soaring in the skies. Is there more to life than all of these corporate ties and all of these fortunate times? Am I missing something that's more important to find? Like healing my soul, like family time. Is there more to life than just when I'm feeling alive? Is there more to life than digits and banking accounts? Is there more to life than saying I figured it out? Is there more? Is there more? Guys, when I heard that in a song once, I was like, whoa, right? I mean, here we have a guy, right? From a, from a worldly perspective, you just look at him, he's got those things most people want, right? A lot of things we might want, like he's got success, he's got a relationship, he's got power, he's got money. Like, he's got that. He's got all of those things that you, if you could look at his life, you say, "Dude, if I just had a fifth of what he had, like that's it." Yet, what Drake is saying, he's saying, "The home that I've built for myself, this home that I've gotten to, has not provided home for me." He's he's literally saying his question, right? Is there more? Like, is there more? Right? So Drake, if you're watching, there is more. So I want to throw that out there. You never know. He can bump into the link. It could happen. So what does Jesus say about home, right? What does Jesus say? Like, what's, what's his promise about home? In verse 23, he says, My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. I'm gonna read that again. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Jesus' promise for home saying, us being united with God. Man, sinful man, we're not perfect. Like, I think we all would admit that. Like, we fall short every single day. And what that does, it separates us from God. The one person, literally, the one person that we were created to be with, we're separated forever. Because sin stands in the way. God is perfect. He can't be around sin. He can't be around sinful people. So we're separated. That's been the truth since Adam and Eve, right? And so this promise Jesus is saying is radical, he's saying God and I, God, God the Father and God the Son, Jesus saying, we wanna make our home with you. We don't want you to be separated. Augustine of Hippo, hope I'm saying that right, um, this is what he said, he says, thou has made me, made, thou has made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. I'll read it one more time. Thou hast made us for thyself, O oh Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. Man, like that's so true. He's saying, guys, I made God is telling you, guys, I made you for myself and your heart is gonna be restless. It won't find home unless you find me. That is the only way home. That's why Jesus had to leave, right? You hear the tone in Jesus' love to his disciples saying, guys, I have to go. Like, I need to. Like, it is for your good that I leave. He's saying that the idea of home you have, this power, this war, he's saying, that's, that's not gonna give you what you want. Like I the real home that you want right? i have that for you it's coming for you but i have to go and do this but how do how can we enter into this home with god right cuz we're still not perfect right we still sin we lack like faith we have doubt we have things we want more than god how can we have home with god like why would God want that himself, right? You might look at your life and say, dude, why would God want me? You don't know what I've done, man. You don't, like, why would God want me? Like, why would he want to make a home with me? That's personal, right? That's intimate. But here we hear Jesus saying, now we, we want to make a home with you. And the way we do that, is Jesus goes and prepares it. Cause we try, right? Like we try in whatever shape or form most people in the world say, like, dude, I'm I'm just trying to be a good person. I'm just trying to find my own way. Like I'm just trying to find, figure out truth and like live right, and I'm trying to figure out what my life is. And here's what Jesus says about that. The last point is the way home. And in John fourteen, six, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, Jesus doesn't say, hey, I, I know the way. Let me point you to it. He says, I am the way. He doesn't say, hey, like I, I know truth. I'm a really great teacher. Just like learn all these things and like you'll 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 find truth. He says, no, I, I am truth. Right. He doesn't say, I, I know about life. I can give you some really awesome tips how to maximize your life. He says, nah. He says, I am life. Like, I am it. So he goes and prepares the home because he is the only way. He is the truth and he is the life. There was no other way, like don't, don't miss that. If you like zoned out this whole time, catch this, right? There is no other way for us to find real home apart from Jesus. That's his love for these disciples. That's his love for us. He says, I have to go prepare a home. And Do you know how Jesus prepares his home? not with money, not with tools. He was a carpenter, but not with money, not with tools. The way Jesus goes and prepares his home is with his life. With literally all that he had. He leaves them to go die for them. He's not with us physically because he went and died for us. So in his body, Jesus is beaten beyond recognition, right? In his heart, Jesus is mocked and abandoned. And in his soul, Jesus suffers for the sin of all humanity. In one person, he suffers for all, right? In that cross hanging, literally that's him saying, I'm preparing a home right now. And at the end, right, he screams out and he says, It is finished. There's a way now. Like I've prepared the home. Us, sinful, restless, lost, searching people, God, home, our creator. The one who loves us more than anyone ever could. Jesus' arms stretch wide. He's saying, Hey. I It's finished, I've made the way. Like I've prepared the home. We can have a home together now. Man, and and if that wasn't enough, right? If God even saying, uh, I've prepared the way, I've done everything I could. He says, I'm actually also gonna give you the strength to live in this new home. Christianity isn't about, you gotta try really hard, you gotta obey all these things, and then maybe you'll earn a home with God. Jesus is saying, nah. He says, I'm, I'm preparing a home, and I'm actually gonna give you the ability to live in this new home. And that's what he says in verse 26, guys. He says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have told you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you telling his disciples, guys, I I know I'm leaving you, but I'm going to prepare this home, guys, and I'm going to give you my spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of you to dwell in you, to teach you all things, to remind you everything, and to be with you forever. That's what he's telling us today. So guys, he's prepared the way. He's prepared a home for us with his life, and he's offering us all that we need. In his spirit, he's saying, I'm going to give you the energy. If you're standing there, you're like, dude, I, I don't know how I can change my life and be a Christian. Like, I can. And Jesus is saying, amen. I know you can. That's why I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And that's why I've given you, I'm promising you, if you believe in me, you'll have the spirit. And you will be able to. Not because of you, but because of me. So then what does he call us to do? He's prepared the way. He's he can give us all that we need to live in it. What does He dem- at demand of us? What does He ask of us? Revelations 3.20 says, See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. He's asking you do you want to have home with me? Do you want to come home now? That's what he's asking each one of us tonight. Like, and are you ready to come home? I gave my life. I'm gonna give you all that you need. Don't be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled. Like, are you ready to come home? He's gotta say, I'm ready, right? I'm ready for you to come home to the place I created you to be. So man, my, my encouragement to you tonight is, because if, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, man, don't leave tonight without it. Come home, believe in him, his life, his death, his resurrection, and surrender to him. Say, I'm tired of finding all these homes that always disappoint. And I don't want to waste the rest of my life searching for more. Like, surrender and say, I I repent. God, I'm sorry. I want to come home. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful for your sacrifice. God, we were helpless. We were alone. We were lost with no way home. And God, seeing us in our misery and need, he didn't just leave us there. He didn't just say they brought it on themselves. No, you came. You came and lived the perfect life, God, that we could not live. God, you died the death that we deserved. God, it was our sins that you died for. You resurrected because you are God. Sin has no hold over you. Death has no hold over you. You are greater than all things. God, I just ask for people in His room right now, that you're calling them home. Holy Spirit, call people home tonight. Don't wait another day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.